Let's turn to the Lord's word today and see what he has. As I said, if those that were in my class, they'll be surprised to know we're still in Luke's gospel. <laughs> so Luke chapter 20, I just want to read that, and it's from verses 1 to 8. Now it happened on one of those days as... Hmm? You're going to fix it. Good, Mr. Fix-It. Thank you. <laughs> I'll read while you do that. Is that okay? Uh, now it happened, chapter 20 of Luke. Now it happened on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, that the chief priests and the scribes, together with the elders, they confronted him and spoke to him, saying, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you that authority? But he answered and said to them, I also ask you one thing, and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Well, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. These verses is often referred to as the day of questioning. It's when Jesus comes under attack. But you know, it seemed as if Jesus was always under attack and he knew how to attack back too, right? But this is an interesting passage of scripture. But before we dive into it, I wanna give a little background because in the previous passage, you'll find all kinds of things that gone on in Jesus' life. As we look back in the former passage, it tells us about the triumphant entry of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and then on an unbroken coat. Then we find that as he looks over J Jerusalem, we see that he sheds tears. It says, Jesus wept. It really wasn't just a weeping. What Jesus did was he wailed. It was loud. It came from its innermost beings as he cried over the Jerusalem. The third thing was this, that um, he, there was the telling of the prophetic word because Jesus said they did not recognize or they did not know the time of visitation. And you know, I'm going to stop there. We need to know our times of visitation. There's a word there for us which help us to go through things and they had ignored that the fourth thing was the temple cleansing when uh, Jesus went in and restored it to a godly order and the last but not least was the teaching in the temple which brings us to our text which is what we are looking at so let's look at this passage. The first thing we notice, it opens up, now it happened. I love that opening, don't you? Because I don't know, every time I look at the Word and I look at Jesus, there's always something happening. That seemed to be part of his life. There was always interruptions. And I don't know about you, I get quite a few interruptions. I don't always deal with them that well. But Jesus was constantly having to deal with interruptions. And here is just another one. I love when it say it happens, it's so casual, but we all know exactly what that means. But it, notice when he happens. This confrontation takes place when Jesus is in the temple 
And the day before, he had restored it to its godly order. It had become a marketplace, and he cleaned it up. We'll get to that in a moment. But as he taught the Gospels, which was the good news, and it was the, you know, the, after the day after the cleansing of the temple, uh, he gets this interruption. And it seems to me of all times to interrupt somebody is when they're giving a message on the gospel. I mean, the gospel's good news. Here's Jesus talking, and they have no respect for the word, which is not what the religious community should be, right? They should give first precedence to the word. But he's interrupted by this religious establishment. And notice who they are. They say they're chief priests, they're scribes, they're elders. Notice it's in the plural. That means to say there could be men of them. They'd all grouped together and with this interruption as he was teaching in the temple. They seemed to have no um, respect for the word of God. They didn't have no respect for the speaker because they were going to pull him out and confront him. But this, so this was the interruption. These people, these uh, scribes, elders, priests, um, they were an elitist religious authority. It was them that appointed, they're the ones that appointed the high priest, and so they were very important people, and they thought they were too. But anyway, um, they hope to discredit and to demean Jesus, and this is why they are confronting him publicly. This wouldn't be the first time this would happen, but here he is, he's going to be confronted and they're going to be asking questions about what he had done the day before. You know, what Jesus had done the day before was a momentous thing. To clean the outer courts of the temple was huge, and to do it in one day. The problem they had, I believe, was not because Jesus had done this. Their problem was this. They should have done it. They were responsible for the temple. They were responsible for the upkeep. They were responsible for caring it, and they'd ignored all of this. But Jesus, he sees everything, right? And he feels, well, if they're not going to do it, I'll do it. (laughs) And so Jesus spent that day, and it was a momentous thing to clean the outer court. That was quite a thing to take on, and so especially in one day. But anyway, the thing is this. This didn't sit with them very well because they knew very well they were the ones that should have done it. It didn't look good to them. But now they've come to um, confront Jesus. The thing was that they did not recognize and they would not... um, Uh, They would not receive Jesus. They wanted to demean him. They wanted to discredit him. And so in their mind, they were trying to take him out. And so that's what we have here. They are trying to move, remove Jesus in front of the people. Now, the second thing is this that I want us to notice is when they come to Jesus and they confront him, they said, tell us what Um, Who gave you this authority? Well, I want you to know Jesus didn't need to go then because he had the heavenly father that would give him his authority, right? But they didn't see it that way. They believed they were the authorities. Jesus should go to them and so on and on. But the purpose of all of this was that they wanted to publicly discredit and entrap him. It was a setup. And Jesus was used to setups, right? All through the Gospels, you see that this kind of things is going on. And so instead of being pleased about the temple being restored, which is what they should have done, what are they going to do? They're going to show contempt, which is exactly the tactic of an enemy, isn't it? 
And that's what's going on here. So we, so we see when he had done this, what should they have done? Instead, they publicly discrediting Jesus. Now, they come up, as we read in this verse, they come up this about this authority thing. You see, they had a problem about authority. To them, they were the authority. And Jesus had not gone to them. And that was really hurting them. However, he had gone to his father, I'm sure. But they had a problem about this authority because they wanted to publicly uh, discredit him and take him out. This is the background to what I want to say. But when Jesus looks at this, he comes back to them, not with an answer. He comes back with what we would call a counter-question. This is typical in de debates even today. You just don't answer a question. You throw out another curve ball, right? And that's what Jesus does here. He doesn't respond with the answer, but he comes back with a counter-question, which we find in verse 3. It said, he answered and said to them, I'll also ask you, one thing, and you answer me. Well, I don't think they would have liked that, but there it is. And the thing is, all this is very public, so they want to save their face. And so Jesus said, I will ask of you, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Now, when he brought up John the Baptist, they would not have been happy about that. You see, John was a great prophet, but to these people, they would have preferred to be without him. Um, and this counter-question really stirs things up. It puts them on the defense and causes a dilemma. You note, um, he didn't ask them for an opinion. He would have got lots of those, right? He would have got 10 opinions from each of them at least. But Jesus didn't ask them for an opinion. He's asking the question, and it's about authority. Now, John, as we know, had been the forerunner of Jesus uh, and had gone before. And he was recognized by all the people. Everybody knew John. And what I want you to see about this is that we got the religious people and we got the multitude of people. The religious people, the religious couldn't have cared about John. They didn't like John. He wasn't their kind. First of all, they didn't like the kind of diet he was on. It wasn't the kind of things they would eat. Neither did they like his dress. I mean, they had their beautiful robes and they looked wonderful and their tassels and everything else. Well, John, what did he have on? Some kind of, you know, something or other. But it wasn't uh, the kind of thing that somebody else would say, oh, I like that, I'll go get one of those. He wasn't a fashion trender, was he? And so they didn't like that and neither did they like John as a person because if you remember, when they went down to the Jordan to find out all about John, John saw them come in and he calls out and, oh, you generation of vipers. I didn't think that went over very well with the religious elitists in Jerusalem. And so this counter-question of Jesus have really put them spot. Um, they, and because they couldn't have cared about John, but the people... The people, on the other hand, they revered John. They loved John. They went down to the wilderness to see John. And when John was there and he was baptizing all kinds of things, some of them were baptized by him and all of this. And so the conclusion of all of this is that their answer to Jesus, uh, they did not know, <laughs> didn't really carry too much weight. Now, I want to just um, stay with me a moment because I want to set something up here. 
They're in that outer court. It's huge. Jesus had cleaned it all up, and it was, it was looking wonderful. But in this outer court, we have Jesus center stage. And on the one side, we have a multitude of people that's listening in to all this that's going on. And so we have this multitude of people. We have Jesus in the middle. And then we have the religious establishment on the other side. And the religious establishment, they don't care about a John. But these people on the other side, they revere John. I mean... And we know John has gone on to be with the Lord after he was beheaded and all of that. But they were revered by him. John was a prophet. They believed that. So we got a contention here between the religious leaders that got no time for John because John didn't say nice things about them. And we got the other group. They had gone in the wilderness too. Many of them had followed Jesus. Some of them might have been disciples. Others would have been baptized by him. And all kinds have gone on. And so we have this thing. Jesus is here. We got this group of, of, of a multitude, and then we've got on the other side, um, you know, this religious establishment. So we have a setup here. And the question, what they did was this the last, now, this is what I want you to hear. Because John the Baptist had been a revelator, he was the last person before Jesus Christ. And Jesus is taking them back, not just because of who John was, but because he had spoken the truth. He had spoken a revelation of truth, and he's taken them back to their last word. That was the last revelation that they had received. It had been from John the Baptist. So Jesus is taking these people, the scribes, the Pharisees, these elitists, he's taking them back to the last word and he's challenging them. Because hear me this morning, that last word was a revelation. He was the one revealed Jesus. He was the one, do you remember when Jesus went down to be baptized and a lot of those people could have been there, right? What happened? A supernatural thing. The heavens opened. A dove came down. A voice from heaven. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Well, not many of them had either, except those that witnessed the baptism of Jesus. It was supernatural. It was unexplainable. And they didn't like to hear about these things. But it was so showing how real God was. And that his anointing was on the revelator. John was the last person to bring a revelation to these people before Jesus came on the scene, and they had rejected it. Not the people, but the religious institution. They had rejected that last word. And you, you need to hear this this morning, because you know something? I hear a lot of people sometimes say, I never hear from God. I'd like to hear from God. I don't know, he doesn't talk to me. There's a word from you right here from the Lord. It's this. You go back to your last revelation. You go back to the last word. What did you do with the last word? Did you do anything? Because God expects us, when he gives us a word, we just don't throw it by the wayside. We have to enact it. If we're not getting words from the Lord, if the Lord isn't speaking to us, what did he dis when was the last word? Did you obey it? Did you carry it through? Did it become something? He take them back to the last revelation. 
And I believe today we're in a day when the Lord wants to remind us what he said to us. He wants to stir up life within us again. And if you're feeling that you're in a, in, in a place today that you feel dead, you feel dry, you feel God isn't talking to you, bring out the last word. If you're a saved person, there must be one somewhere because when you got saved, I'm sure Jesus talked to you. And so go back to that last word, and it will bring you where you need to be. The last word given was sent prior to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It had come through John the Baptist, the revelator, and they had ignored it. These religious people, they had ignored the last word that God had sent to them through John. And because they ignored it, what happened? Their hearts are hardened. They become like stone. They're like sepulchres, and God can't do anything with them. You have to do it when we turn back to the Lord. Remember the last time. When did Jesus talk to you last? And then the next question is this. Did you hear him? Did you enact on it? Did you listen to him? Don't, it's no good going to say, oh, yes, you hear from the word, but I never hear anything. Well, go back to the last word and start practicing what the Lord told you the last time you had a conversation with him. And so Jesus is asking us to go back. Jesus' ministry, um, he takes them back to John the Baptist. If they had received and embraced the word of the prophet John, then they could have, be, have embraced Jesus. Did you hear it? They would have embraced Jesus and could have embraced Jesus instead of rejecting him as they did because they had rejected John. Because they rejected John, they rejected Jesus. And this is why it's so important we go back to the last word, that last revelation that Jesus given, Jesus given to us and let us stir it up. Let us be enacted by that if you want to go forward with the Lord. And I say that this morning with a heart of compassion because it's easy when we go through stuff to just sit on the sidelines. But remember, what did Jesus say to you last time you had a conversation? What was the last word? And then when you obey that, he'll give you another word and another word, and he takes us onward. It's difficult to receive and embrace new revelation if we have rejected the last one. And so I want to impress that with you today. We cannot expect new revelation. Our readiness to receive revelation is dependent on our attitude and receiving of the last one. Note, Jesus did not give them an answer. And you know why? It was because they'd already closed up their hearts to the Lord. They'd already become hardened. If they had affirmed John then they would and could have and been compelled to embrace the Lamb of God. But because they had rejected John, because they walked away from the revelator, we find that, uh, that, that they too had got lost by the way because they had not received John, they could not receive Jesus. When we looked at the religious side of all of that, they could not receive John because they had not received Jesus. Now we note in conclusion here that Jesus had taken them back to John the Baptist. He literally had taken them back to the last revelation. It was the revelation that God had sent prior to prepare the way of the Lord. 
And the question was this, what did they do with the last word? And I want to just say this morning, what have we done with the last word of Jesus? Do we put it on a shelf? Did we just think, well, we'll come back to it? Or did we just abandon it? Jesus, I believe, wants us to go back to the last word that he talks to us. He wants a church that's alive and, re- and, and, and vibrant. And you know how that's going to happen? By us going back and picking up what we dropped on the way. As we go through all of these verses, it says, The baptism of John, was it from heaven or men? And look what they did. They reasoned among themselves, saying, well... If we say from heaven, he will say, well, why didn't you believe him? (laughs) But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they persuaded that John was a prophet. And so they answered that they did not know. These were the intellectuals. These were the people that were running up there, and they have not got an answer for Jesus. You know, Jesus is incredible, isn't he? Isn't he wonderful? He's just the Word. He's the Word incarnate. And you know, what was happening here was Jesus was making them face the Word. He was taking them back. And, and you know, I've said this uh, uh, several times now, but I'm going to say it again. The most important thing, and the word that I can leave with you today is this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts become hardened, but just seek the Lord. You say, well, I don't have anything. I don't know. When was the last time Jesus talked to you? Did you take note of it? Were you obedient to it? Because the Lord is looking for an obedient people. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But you know something? As uh, we looked at this, Jesus brought them together in the outer court. On the one side, well, we had the skeptics. And on the other side, we had the people they believed in John. The skeptics didn't. They would like to have dismissed him, even as they would like to get rid of Jesus. They just wanted to discredit Jesus, and they wanted to dismiss him. But you know something? You can't dismiss a living word, can you? They thought John was gone, but the words were still there. The words that John had talked when he told them to repent and be baptized. And of course, they were not going to go baptized in the, in the um, River Jordan because they had their own baptismal places in a nice place at the temple. But you know where the people went to be baptized? Most of them, they went to the wilderness. They went to John. Why? Because they recognized that John was different. They recognized he mightn't dress like them, he mightn't eat like them, but he had a message. He was a man sent from God. He was the one that prepared the way of the Lord. He prepared it by being a word, by giving a word. And as he prepared the way of the Lord, and how awesome it was when Jesus came down, and he's the first, behold, behold the Lamb of God. And I think that's a a, a word for us today. It's time to behold the Lamb of God. It's time to see Jesus. It's time to lift him up. We're in a world of so many um, sins 
cynics and, and, and everything else that's coming against it. But Jesus is alive. He's alive. And as we see him sitting there, and as we see him debating, and you know, nobody could debate with Jesus, though they tried. But at the same time, we see that all this is going on. And uh, they knew very well that they couldn't say anything against John, because if they were, they said the people would stone us because they were persuaded that John was a prophet. <laughs> and so what do they do? Not much. All they can do is complain, perhaps. And so we come to the end of this, and Jesus said to them, he, and he said, so they answered, and they said, they did not know. Well, that's not a very good answer coming from the intellectuals in there. They did not know, but I guess they were being honest, right? We don't know. Jesus said, well, you know, ask them these questions. Well, we don't know where, where that baptism come from. They didn't know, but the people knew where that baptism come because they had gone to John. They had gone to the Jordan. They had been baptized. And some of them had seen the supernatural events that took place there. And you know something? When you've seen Jesus moving, when you've been in the presence of the Lord, you don't get away from it. It stays within you system, right? And it was in the system of that crowd that was there that night, that day. And so you're these people the cynics, and then you've got this group. They loved John. They revered John. They had been baptized by John, and they had heard the word of John. And I hoped, I don't know, but I like to think that some of them there would have embraced Jesus because John had come and prepared the way of the Lord. And so he prepared the way of the Lord. Whether they did or not, we don't know. But we know that many people um, it really revered John and loved him. And for that reason, John was, you know, also a great man. But John had gone. And the picture forecast now was not John, but it happened to be Jesus. Jesus. And the word here if you, that I need to try and bring over more than any other word is this word, that if you do not know what's going on in your life today, if you feel that the Lord is being silent with you, go back to the last word and obey it. Because you see, if we do not take up and follow through on our last revelation, we'll find that there's nowhere else to go forward. We live up to the last revelation, the last word that Jesus gave. I don't know what the last word is that Jesus gave, but, you know, when we read the Bible, we find all kinds of words, and they help us to stand strong. They help us to go forward. They give us wisdom when we need a word of wisdom, and they give us grace to go on. That's God's word. And Jesus literally was the word of the Lord. So as we look at this, we ask the question, what did you do with the last revelation? Don't expect another revelation until you have lived up to the last one. And that, I believe, is what Jesus is all about. He came after John. But if they couldn't receive John, would they receive Jesus? And that's the question that everybody has to answer. The man that had come and prepared the way for Jesus and prepared it, and now here comes Jesus. And he's standing there in the temple, the temple that he had renewed, they should have done it, but he did it. And the temple that is now cleaned, and all these people that are sitting there, who will you follow? 
Will you follow Jesus? What decisions are you going to make in life? And then you say, so I'm, I feel so stuck. What do I do? Go back to the last time Jesus spoke to you and enact it. And then you'll find Jesus will give you another word because, you know, he leads us one step at a time. Now then, in closing, I want to say this. Jesus took them back to John. Where do we go back to today for a revelation? Where do we go? I want to suggest that where we go to today is the cross. When Jesus was in the temple, it was just a few days before Calvary. And we, we don't go back to John, but we go back to the cross. Because that's where everything changed. It was at the cross, at the cross, we first got our sight, right? It was at the cross we become changed. It was at the cross that we become different. And so if you're feeling lost today or something, and you don't know what to go, you go back to the last word. For them, it was John the Baptist. For us, it's the cross. Go back to the cross, and you'll find Jesus there. He will lift you up. He will strengthen you. He will quicken you, and he will bless you. That is who Jesus is. He's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.